The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Even the fogged up face, Andy Reid. I'm all over it. All over. I watch film for that kind of stuff. But no, but you're not watching him on film. Like, what are you doing? Just watch him walk around on the sidelines? (laughs) Occasionally. You got a problem with that? (laughs) I like Andy (laughs) Reid. He's back. I mean, he just teases us with Santa or Andy Reid, and then he disappears for a month. But he's here, finally, back in the fold. It's Chris Sims and the great Ahmed Fareed. Chris Sims unbuttoned. What's up, dude? How are you? I checked. The last time I did the podcast was March of 2017. It's been that long. (laughs) Damn, it's been a long stretch. It It feels like it. Uh, Good to see you again. Good to see you, man. I've been listening, though. Yeah. Love listening to you and Pauly break it down and listen on Monday. Appreciate it. You yep. guys ripped through the games pretty quickly. We're doing day. all right. We have our moments. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes it it's faster when you say, I didn't watch that game. Like the Lions. You're like, I didn't. I didn't no, watch you got, I got through it. There's like, there's, it's a good game. But. There's a double whammy with this time of the year. Yeah. There's the one part of me that's like, man, football's coming to an end. Yeah. And I get sad. And I get, you know, no Monday night or Thursday mm-hmm. night football. What the hell am I supposed to do with those two days in yeah. my week now? I have to actually watch real shows. Right. All right. Started watching The Crown. All right, have you heard the crown? I've heard of that. Yeah, it's about the Queen of England because she wears a crown and everything. That's right. It's actually very what good. What is that on? Is that uh, on? Netflix. Okay. Check that out. Okay. But Queen's Gambit also on Netflix. It is there. I've, I've seen that. that. I might go there too. Okay. But so, yeah, I just, I get sad with all that. But yeah. also, I do love that I don't have to keep track of so many fucking teams this time exactly. of the year either. That, yeah. the, that is the great gift. Like, oh, yeah, Detroit and Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll see you next year. We'll, yeah. we'll talk I'll look about at you the box the score. Yeah. Draft time, we'll get back into you. I mean, it's kind of cool first week. It's like everyone still kind of technically has a shot. So yeah. you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. But you're right. It is nice to, to weed Cancel it out, some out. and yeah. get them out of there. and uh, get. So this is what we're going to do on this pod. You ready, Chris? I'm ready. We're previewing all the games. Right. Given your thoughts. In some cases, you're going to look back at other games that these two teams played against I did. Other, I, did right? all, I did all of that. Yep. And even, even though the Browns-Steelers game – was I looked back last week for this matchup because they had played in week six. I still looked at, the, looked at this matchup a little bit, even though, yeah, there's players missing and things like that. Yeah. So where I think there's some, a few things to, to talk about. Okay, so what can we take away from some of these games? Yeah. What do we just throw, throw away? So right. we're going to go through all the six games from Wild Card Weekend. We end with Requiem for a team. We've got to bury more teams. I haven't been here for so I long. Know. We've got some dead teams that aren't buried. Oh, you're right. You've got to do that. We've got to respect the dead. That was in got to give them their, their, their deserved farewell. So we'll do that. Pete has even written one for the Giants. So wow. We'll have that to look forward okay, to. Okay, I like that. I'm going to critique the shit out of that one. We've got your dad on here? Dad will be on 15 minutes. Okay, so we should get going here. Yep. Let's go. 
Uh, our first game, we're yeah. going to look at all the NFC first. Right. So our first game is uh, one that we did have a couple of previous meetings through the regular season. Rams, the sixth seed. We got the Seahawks as the number three seed. This one's Saturday, 440 on Fox. Seahawks are favored just by four points here. So week 10, Chris, Rams beat the Seahawks 23-16. Right. Week 16, more recent, uh, Seattle beat the Rams 20 to nine. Yeah. So now uh, it could be different at quarterback this time around, of course, Jared Goff or John Wolford. But uh, anything from those two games, what, what did you see specifically from this last game that makes you think like that could be a replica of what we're going to see coming up on right. Saturday? Okay. All right. So, you know, let's start. You want to start? Let's start with Rams O, Seahawks D, okay. just to get onto that side of the football there. Um, Hey, Wolford's starting. We know that. I don't think the offense is going to change. It didn't change really last week from what I watched on film. It really didn't. They ran, the Rams ran their offense okay. in that football game. You're going to continue to see that. Listen, I, like I said last week, where some of the line of scrimmage stuff probably be taken off his plate a little bit? Sure. But here's, I mean, the big thing is the Seahawks, as you know, anybody knowing football, it's the greatest change on the defensive side of the ball I can remember in recent history, and it's certainly the greatest one this year. I mean, the first half of the year was the worst defense in football. The second half, it's arguably the best or second best only behind the Rams. It's amazing what they've done. Very multiple. They are great disguisers. They, they change their personnels. You know, they used to be the most basic, predictable defense in football, and now I'm watching them going, damn, here's three, four – front and they're doing this blitz and this coverage and all that the biggest thing in this game and the Seahawks did something that they didn't do really in their past against McVay and them a ton of five and six man fronts that is the pro that is the thing that people have done to slow down the Rams help stop the run help stop the boots right okay. because now we have enough guys with that five man front four guys can stop the run on the D-line, and now we have that extra guy that tries to come out the back door in the bootleg or even the guy that can just attack the quarterback. It helps that out, okay? The big thing there is they were phenomenal in those sets, and I think the biggest thing I would take away is just going, like, Rams, you got to do something different. You, you, that's, it's not going to work. Inside, outside zone and bootleg alone are not going to work against this defense, the way they're playing, and then the alignments, the actual – how I was taught by a Josh McDaniels or a uh, John Gruden or anything like that, some of the run plays inside zone, outside zone, you'd go, you, you're, you're not going to have success against that defensive alignment with that run. You might every now and then, but X's and O's schematically on a board with brilliant, smart offense and defensive people, they'd go, no, inside, outside zone is not the kind of run play you want to run against a five- and six-man front. You know, so they have to combat it. And the one thing they did during the game, and they didn't do it enough, is they did change some of their runs where, you know, it was just straight ahead run blocking. And now let's just get downhill and let our running back run that way. But with Seattle, with all the different fronts, and then they add that with movement on front and stand, sl slanting and stunting, if you're trying to make blocks as an offensive line on the move when defenses are on the move as well, it adds to chaos, and nobody gets blocked. you got to have some plays where it's just like, wait, I'm in Fareed's in front of me, and I'm here, and I'm going to block him. I'm not going to run to my left and have to try to block that guy who's on the move too. That's not going to work. So that has to be changed a little bit. I think that was yeah. one of the things I took away right off the bat. It's like a weird pendulum for Seattle here. Because yeah. it's like the defense has gotten so much better. It is. Remarkable. Right. And then the offense was such a big play offense in the beginning of the year. Yeah. And that is basically gone now. 
Although, in that Week 10 loss for Seattle, Wilson had no touchdowns, had a couple interceptions. Right. I think he had a fumble in that game he as did. well. Uh, played better, um, especially in the second half. They scored a little yeah. bit more. I don't think they scored a touchdown in the first half in Week 16. So w- what trend is more likely to continue in this game and throughout the playoffs for Seattle? Do you think the offense conti- continues to struggle to get those big plays and they have to rely on their defense? Or do you think it's more likely the offense returns to what we saw in the beginning of the year and the defense starts to have trouble? I, I mean, if you made me bet one or the other, I'm going to say that we continue to see the defense be the way it's been here recently and that we're going to see an offense that's spotty at times where you go, okay, there's a good drive. But to me, it's still too Russell, Wed- uh, Russell Wilson-centric as far as relying on him to make too many plays. And on this, like, you know, this week alone, like – Hey, listen, this is going to be a tough week. You know, everybody out there, this is, this is, these guys are defensive teams right now. You know, offenses are not hitting on all cylinders. This is going to be an ugly football game. I mean, you can really boil down the first two matchups to, if you want to simplify it, and just go, yeah. wait, Russell Wilson fucked up the first time around. Jared Goff fucked up the second time around. And then, therefore, your team lost. It's going to be that close. You know, the big thing I'll take away from the, the Seahawks and watching them, and I've watched both of those games very closely, their offensive side of the ball versus the Rams, you know, more than anything is I still think this, pre-snap movement has got to happen a little bit, and especially pre-snap movement and moving around their best offensive player other than Russell Wilson, which is DK Metcalf. Them lining him up in one spot and never motioning them has really played right into the Rams' hands. They have Jalen Ramsey who can cover him man-to-man and do all those things. But here's the other point that I just want to make with especially moving DK Metcalf. They moved him twice in the last game, and it ended up being positive plays. But the other thing is this. The Rams, because of Jalen Ramsey, will play zone defense, right? And it looks like he's part of the zone. And you think, oh, look, it's just four across. They're playing four deep zone, quarters coverage. And then the snap goes, and it's Jalen Ramsey man-to-man on DK Metcalf, and the other guys are playing zone. Now, what if that's the case? They're disguising, and now DK Metcalf runs to the other side of the field. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's got to go with him because he's in man-to-man. And then you know. And then you know. And then you're also going to cause issues because they're going to be like, wait, we were supposed to play this zone with him just stuck over there. And now you're going to cause them to communicate and maybe blow a gasket and do those things. To me, that is something that Seattle has to start to do more of if they want to make to the Super Bowl. Make Russell Wilson sweat. Uh, Make him uh, think uh, a little bit. Here's what the Rams are going to try to do, at least, uh, with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So I was looking at this stat from ESPN. This is crazy. 18 touchdowns this year for Russell Wilson when he was under duress, how they classify under duress. That's six more than any other quarterback has ever had since ESPN started tracking that 11 years ago. So if they get to him with Aaron Donald, uh, if they get to him with Leonard Floyd, sure. Uh, and if uh, and if they can cover uh, with Ramsey, they still might have a problem here. It, the question for me is, can the Rams do enough yes. to contain Russell Wilson yes, in this game with they those can. guys? They can definitely do enough. They, they're, definitely, they're built to stop Russell Wilson. Just think, I mean, McVay got to the Rams and it was, wait, the kings of this division are the Seahawks. Yeah. It's, it, that, they built their team in a lot of ways to beat the Seahawks and do that. So with that front four, the speed to contain Wilson – and you got D, now you know you know Jalen Ramsey back there to where he can cover top receivers and they can do all these creative things while also doing these creative things keep their eyes on Russell 
and then run after him when he runs. Now, Russell's going to make his plays and do all of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yes, the Rams can win this game with John Walford. They can contain Russell Wilson. There's no doubt about that. I don't know who I'm going to pick in this game yet. I'm still up in the air. Mm -hmm. But my big thing with the Seahawks versus the Rams D, but more than anything, is the Rams defense is the fastest in football. You can't just sit there in static formations and let them play from, okay, this is what they do, we're comfortable, and now we can play fast. There's got to be a little bit more of a, you know, the Rams are undersized, but they're strong for their size. And where they do and really give Seattle issues is their speed and movement gives the big lumbering linemen of Seattle issues. Even though they're bigger, the Rams do a great job of creating their own chaos to where you know, they can't ever get a hold of these guys. They're yeah. always getting on the edge or getting off of them. And that's where I just go to Seattle, too, to where I uh, run the ball and drop back pass. they got to do more misdirection just to slow the Rams down a little. Sure. You heard me of them DK, you know, motions. I'd like to see more of the speed sweeps with him. The faking of the speed sweeps. Get Aaron Donald and Floyd to take a step to their left, and then you come out and boot to the right. You know, just a little bit. But there's none of that in Seattle. And to me, that's something they're going to have to do a little if they want to beat the Rams. I mean, the Rams' defense, I, I, they're probably the best in football. They Statistically, are. they're the best in football. They first are. in yards per game, first in passing yards per game, third in rush yards per game. They are the ultimate, you know, I call it because and they're, they're one of their defensive coaches, Joe Barry. I got this phrase from him in the Rams. The shoot-your-gun team, too. You know, this is why I say you got to give them misdirection because when they're comfortable and they, go, they feel comfortable in what you're doing, they attack and they're so fast that they're so fast that there's, game, there's plays in the game two weeks ago where it's a running play and they call it shoot your gun where, yeah, I'm responsible, you know, for, for this gap right here, right? And a lot of the times linebackers just sit there in that, like, I'm going to sit here at my linebacker depth, right? And just, I'm here, I'm ready for my gap. The Rams are different. They go like, wait, that's your gap. There's a hole there. Fucking run through it. He might run through there. You run through there too. And that's where I want to say you got to do the boots hmm. or the play action or the misdirection just to make him do that every now and then. Take a right. step this way. Oh, wait, no, it's not that play. Let me do that. Because they're, they're almost unbeatable when you just let them fly. I want to give one more thought to the Rams too. Okay. On the offensive, offensive side of the ball. Side. And by the way, yeah. Adam Schefter tweeted five hours ago. What? Sean McVay said he has no intention of revealing before kickoff whether Jared Goff or John Walford will start. Okay. All right. Well, so it could be Jared Goff. It, it could be Jared Goff. I'm going to bet it's Walford. First off, Jared Goff wasn't playing very good football beforehand. I can't think his thumb is 100%. Yeah. That's got to be worrisome. And... Walford played good enough last week, I think, to where he goes, okay, I think he'll be better this week. I don't yeah. know. That's going to be a tough one to call. Here's my last thought. Here's, well, that, his legs were big in that, that was, game. Yeah, they that really cool. were. And, and for a team that wants to run and run boots, that comes in handy. Here's my last thing I just want to say yeah. with the Rams and what they need to do. You know, first off, the Rams need to learn, can they take a shot sometimes? Can we throw something other than a ball in the flat off a bootleg? Like, because the Seahawks never are in any fear of the Rams with anything. That's the other thing I took back from watching the Week 16 game. Seahawks, they're not even good at playing corner and cover and man-to-man. But they're not scared of the Rams because they're just like, Jared Goff doesn't throw go-routes. Jared Goff doesn't throw comebacks. They don't even throw the ball outside. You can really pin the Rams down to, if it gets in a must-throw situation, 
they're going to throw to whoever is in the slot. If it's three receivers to the right, they're going to throw to the middle of the three. If it's two receivers to the right, they're going to throw to the inside guy. You can almost, like, write it down. It's stamp it. That stuff has to change. You know, that'll be a key to the game. Can the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks played great on defense the last time, but the Rams are the king of the 12-play, 65-yard drive for a field goal. Right. Where you go, we're playing good, but they're just nickel and diming the hell out of us. It's three yards, three-yard bootleg, and then it's a four-yard run, and then it's a three-yard bootleg, and you go, damn, it's a first down. We're playing pretty good, but gosh. So what, what, what I, my, my point is, you heard me talk about they got to be ready for some different run attack, yeah. right, because of that. they got to take a few shots to back some people off. Yeah. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, the, you've got to take advantage of the areas you have mismatches in. And the Rams don't always do that. And in this matchup specifically, it's just what I just said. Nobody is talking about Seattle's cut corners aren't good. The Rams never do anything to challenge them in either game this year. To me, you're dropping the ball by... You have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, yeah. and they don't have very good corners, and you're not a taking advantage of that matchup. That's on you, and that's something that I would like to see them do just a little bit more too. Cooper Cup on the COVID list, but I think they're optimistic that he will be able to return in time for that game against Seattle. Yeah. That's always the wild card. Wild card and wild card weekend is COVID, like it has been the, uh, the whole season. <laughs> uh, all right, so that one's going to be – I can't wait to see who you, who you pick in that one. I it's going to be a tough one. to you – Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you I think? Th- oh, yeah, tell me gut, what you think. My gut's saying that you're going to go with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson to win a playoff game. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll see. I, I, well, we'll see. You're right. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right. Know. Yep. 7-2 matchup. We got the Bears versus the Saints Sunday 440 on CBS, on Amazon Prime, and on Nickelodeon. Yeah. I kind of want to record that Nickelodeon one. I want to see what that's like <laughs> for the kids. I wonder if my son will like that. He's six now. Uh, burning question for me to start this one off. Mm-hmm. Uh, these teams did meet. Uh, New Orleans won 26-23 in overtime. Uh, was a lot was different then, though. Nick Foles was in at quarterback for the Bears. Uh, burning question. The Bears' offense has been statistically better yeah. here over the last month right. or so. Right. Is it good enough to keep them in a game where they're unable to stop the New Orleans Saints? That Has the offense gotten to a point where they – can win a game if their defense is not going to no, perform. No, I don't think they can do that. Not this week. You know, I think they can, you know, move the ball and do things like that. You know, and score some points. But I think ultimately, like if the Bears want to have any dreams of winning this game, yeah. It, it, to me, if it goes like north of twenty-eight, they're going to lose. Okay. North of nearly, maybe even twenty-four. They need that game to be somewhere in that range to where because their offense. You know, of course, it's been a lot better. But the big thing is the Saints' defense is a lot, lot better than the first time around. And that's going to be, you know, so you can't expect that a big showing there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot on the Bears' defense to slow down the attack of the Saints and not let the game get out of hand that way. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. so I, I was also going to ask you, what's the bigger challenge, the Bears' offense against the Saints' defense or the Bears' defense against the Saints' offense? Because they're both... They're both pretty difficult. You're right. All right, so let's let's do this. Let's let's start with the Saints uh, D versus the Bears O. 
Okay. And just what, what I would take away. The first, Bears have run the ball a little bit better. David Montgomery, no 95 doubt. yards a game, last seven games. You're right. So there are some pressure points they can put on the Saints. You're, you're exactly right about that. And, you know, and if they can play the, the, the right game in totality, I mean, it's, it's not crazy to think. They match up in a lot of ways pretty damn good with the Saints. I, they're not as good as the Saints. I know that. But they have some areas where the Saints outclass certain teams, and they're not going to outclass the Bears completely. And that's a good thing. But – you know, I think when you specifically talk about the Bears' offense, yeah, the bootleg run game, it's been a way better formula for their football team. Trubisky on the edge, the play-action passes. They, they have an offense. They have an identity. The first time around, that was not even the case. I mean, it was they were trying to do some of that that day, I think because they were afraid of the Saints a little bit, and they thought, wait, let's get under the center and run the ball and two mm-hmm. tight ends, and it'll simplify them. But – the, the big thing is, it wasn't the same offense. It was a lot of shotgun, Nick Foles throwing the football. He made some stupid decisions, some interceptions. Really, hey, their special teams and one of his interceptions, that lost the game for them. If he doesn't throw a pick and they don't let up one punt return, I, and the Bears probably going to win the football game. They outplay them that way. But the big thing is, too, the Saints weren't even remotely the same on defense. If you can remember back at that time, this was a Week 8 showdown, week eight. right? The Saints had just – they've been in Strugglesville on defense. They were in a shootout with Justin Herbert and the Chargers in an overtime game. Yeah. You know, they Detroit, were winning, Detroit even – They were winning these like games that. where it wasn't good, and they would blow a few plays on defense every game where you just go, they've been dominating, and now they've botched three coverages, and the game's tied. Like, what the hell happened? And this game th- – this was the game where the Saints went – Fuck all the creativity. We're going to go back to basics. And they played really vanilla. It will not be the same now. The Saints a little bit like the Seahawks, maybe not to as extreme. Once they got back to being comfortable and good at the basics, they started to grow. And they're one of the more complicated, like, you know, outside-the-box thinking defenses in all of football. And, you know, guys like um, Anyamata and Davenport, and Sheldon Rankins really weren't worth a damn way back at that point of the year. Now they kick ass on a regular basis. And that's where it's going to be a different matchup altogether. Different styles on both sides of the football. Where I go, the Saints, I do think, have the advantage. There's no yeah. doubt about that. But I don't think it's so much to where I go, oh, they're going to smother the Bears and they're screwed. No, it won't be easy. Yeah. Uh, but but the, I do think the Saints are certainly the better unit as far as that matchup's All concerned. All right, that's what one Sims thinks. Yeah. I want to hear the perspective of another Sims. We welcome in Big Phil. Hello, Big Phil. Hey, Dad. Guys, how we doing? We're doing good, man. We're, you know, we're doing a little bit of um, breaking down the playoff games that are coming up this right. week. I've gone back and watched the previous matchups when there was one and doing that. Saints oh. game, you know, week eight, there's not a lot of carryover for the way those two teams were playing at that point of the year. But still some, still some interesting things altogether. Saints defense way better now. Bears offense certainly better now. And I was just telling Ahmed that, you know, even though both are better, I do give that Saints defense the, the clear advantage in this football game. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think, Phil? I do, too. It's just amazing. You, you know, one, it's hard to be to go from one way to another during the season. You can slowly do it. Uh, I think what the Bears have done on the offensive side is – has been tremendous. It really has. I give them a lot of credit, and I've said this, believe it, that now Trubisky, uh, you know, he doesn't have the upper hand to stay with Chicago, that's for sure. I'm not 100% sure 
they'll stay with him. I think the head coach, general manager will be there. But they found what works. It's Chicago Bear football. That's right. another thing. Right. Okay, you're, you're not Kansas City. You don't have Patrick Mahomes. And the old thing is, you know, design an offense that works for your for your people. So uh, it's amazing when I go back and look at matchups and just go, okay, I just wasted an hour and a half of my time because it has nothing to do with what you were saying about the Saints is so true. They're extremely aggressive, Yeah. Uh, sometimes too much, whatever. Their defensive front is so underrated, and, you know, they just got – on both sides of the ball, the big thing about the Saints is they got men. Right. And I mean men in the NFL sense. Uh, you know, everybody's big and whatever in the NFL. But the Saints, just watching their offense, their offensive line is huge, mobile, everything you want. Um, so uh, it, it is going to be interesting. The Saints do give up plays. Yep. They will play man-to-man. you got to beat it when you get the chance. But I, I'm a little shocked here of late. All the movement, all the clever stuff, you know, I'll just say it that way for everybody, that they're doing, I like it, and um, they got multiple pass rushers, that's for sure, too. And and so, it's interesting, I would be very surprised if Chicago could beat them, but uh, you never know. The offense looks like it's back. Michael Thomas, if it plays, Drew Brees has gotten better every single game. No doubt. You know, and as usual... As I watch the Saints offense, I go, oh, that's pretty clever. Oh, that's really good. You know, and, and some of these things I see, Ahmed and Christopher, are their plays from the 80s. Yeah. And all they did was just doctor it up. You probably don't even know them, Christopher. Some of them, I just saw one. I go, oh, my gosh, we ran that against Buddy Ryan's defense every time we played them, <laughs> and they never covered it. And there they were playing, who was they were playing? They were playing Carolina. Right. It was the last game I watched. And they ran it, and they threw it for a touchdown. I can't remember who caught it because I had to look on my chart because they had people playing everywhere. I, I, who's that? But uh, really interesting. Uh, and, of course, I can't wait to see these games. It's going to be on CBS, which is great, too. Yeah, it's, it's um, I, you know, dad, dad hit it. You know, the Bears are better on offense, no yeah. doubt. Saints defense, though, is in another world from where it was. Here's where I worry just a little bit about the Bears, too. As much as it's been better, it's still not that hard to figure out, right? And Sean? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, yeah, you're right. There's not – it's not like – they have a library of a hundred plays. Exactly, and you can you yeah. can you can pin them a little bit to like, hey, when this guy goes this way, this guy's going to go this way. All right, and some of that, and that's where the Saints are dangerous. That's where some of the outside the box thinking with Dennis Allen and Sean Payton just kills team. I would think you're going to have moments where their defense is going to annihilate the Bears' offense. I do. I think mm-hmm. you're going to have because they're going to get in certain formations, and Dennis Allen's just going to go, "Hey, I think I know what they're doing. We're going to double this guy and blitz this guy and have this guy drop and watch this." And that's what I worry about for the Bears. But well, you know, also you got to worry about the Bears and certain things. You can't sit there and go, "Oh, we got Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and these guys and whatever," and think they're going to dominate. No doubt. Look who they're going against. Right. I they're, mean, I'm watching Andres Pete pull and just go, and I just go. It kills oh people. God, look how big he is, and he's as limber and as movable, whatever you want to say, as a tight end. I mean, so that's 
it's a really tough matchup that way. And the Bears, you know, they on defense this time, Drew Brees will, I think, have an easier time as far as getting completions. Right. Just because they got all their guys back, it looks like, right, Kamara's going to play. I, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. know. We, we don't, know we, that for sure yet. If the game was Saturday, sure. maybe no. not. Yeah, we don't right. know. Yeah, it Wednesday. seems like he is. Yeah. Today's Wednesday, so we got a long time to go. Uh, yeah. You know, so I don't look at injury reports until Saturday, and then I take them and, okay, I'll wait till tomorrow to really know. So, yeah. well, whatever. But just, uh, you know, what was the other thing I was going to say when I was talking about Kamara? But yeah. Michael Thomas being back, I think, is a really big well, huge. That's a question for Huge. me, though. It's like, can you just really, I mean, like, we all know the talent and the connection that he has with Drew Brees. It's like, the year's been bumpy for him, obviously, right? Yeah. Is he yes. going to be that guy for them in the playoffs? Yes. Is Elvin Kamara going to come back and be the guy that they need him to yes. be? And is Drew Brees, at the end of a season, going to be uh, the guy that can carry him to a Super Bowl he, once again? You've answered yes to all the previous well, two. Yes, yes. He's, he's yes. right. He's right. Well, I'll say this. Okay, so just Drew, Drew Brees, like the Saints defense, is not the same person now as he was then. Yeah. If you remember back then, we were going, what is up with Drew Brees? He can't throw the ball seven feet. Yeah, and this game was one of them. I mean, they, again, yeah. they were lucky to escape this. He didn't throw the ball well. They dropped a number of interceptions. Roquan Smith dropped a pick six in overtime. He threw the ball after him to the right flat. It hit him right in the face. He undercut the guy. He's gone. It's over. The game's going to be over. So Drew Brees is not the same there right now either. I will say the Bears schematically have a good feel. Chuck Pagano knows how Sean Payton wants to attack him. The only issue they had issues with in the first matchup was one thing. Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. That was the right. big problem. Mm. The Bears like to play a lot of quarters coverage in a lot of ways. In the West Coast offense, if you play quarters coverage, get ready for halfback choice. That's what John Gruden always taught me, and that's I know Sean Payton's the same way. Because quarters coverage, you can find ways to get your back one-on-one with the linebackers. And within that, they just go... Nobody's covering Alvin Kamara, so we'll abuse that. Yeah. That was their great weapon in the football game. Other than that, they took away the middle of the field and, and knew that, wait, we can make Drew throw it outside, and it might not look that pretty. That was, that was good. But the Bears' defense also has gotten worse down the stretch to where they haven't been able to stop the run all that well either. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this last week when they played the Packers. To me, that's where they're going to have to dance the fine line of, hey, we got to worry about Kamara and Latavius Murray and these big fuckers my dad's talking about blowing us off the ball and running yeah. it. they got to stop that number one, and you can maybe feel more comfortable about taking a few chances, at least against the Saints, with that because you don't have to worry about an Aaron Rodgers down the field pass game or something like that. But they're going to have to take some chances because they're, they're outmatched on this side of the ball to a degree as well. Yep. Yeah, this is uh... – yeah, There's no question. Always remember – you know, I always go back to this, learn so much and all that. Matt, our son, was down in a mini camp with, with the New Orleans Saints. And I said to him as he went down. You I can't said, tell oh, us the Alvin Kamara for the second time in a row. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, that, was, that had some meanness to it. No, it did not. That was a total <laughs> smile. Go ahead. Well, we're, but, we're... but it's every play that they're doing, they're looking to kill you. Yeah. That's what it's about. And as I watch the last two games and I see things and I just go, oh, they're looking to try to, you know, score this play. Maybe it wasn't there. A couple times they did. But when it's not there, 
it, it you know goes to whoever it has to. And you know, once again, I realized the protection by Drew, of Drew Brees um, and the Bears. You said it; they like their shell defense. The uh, New Orleans Saints will do a much better job of taking advantage of the uh, right. Too. Right, you're hey, right. Listen, how many times does Drew Brees get under center? And sees that coverage, and you know it's going to be that. Right. And he knows where he's going to throw the ball. He's going to look one way, whatever, get a little more of a gap, and throw the ball somewhere. I would bet you yeah. 50% of the plays he throws, he knows pre-snap where the football is going to go. No doubt. No doubt about it. That's one of the last things I wrote, and I'll, we'll say this, and we can move on to the yep. next game, where I just went, because it, it, Dad's right, I, I wrote, this is going to be a big looky and halfback choice game. And what I mean by looky, it's a lot like what I just talked about, the halfback choice, where it's, it's these, these shell coverages where you can get the running back one-on-one on the back. Well, the looky game is the same thing, but with Michael Thomas in the slot. He's got like three options of which way he can go. He's just got to read the coverage and the leverage the right way. The, that'll be the, like if the Bears want to win the game, probably going to have to have a force of turnover, maybe two, something like that. They're going to have to have moments where they sell out to stop the run and then just watch on Sunday. If they can slow down the middle-of-the-field surgical attack that Dad's talking about, then maybe they have a chance. But if we get to halftime and Kamara and Michael Thomas are getting off and things are looking smoothie, like, they're fucked. The game's over and they're going to get blown out. It's such a complete team. They were able to win without Michael Thomas earlier this year. They are. Drew Brees for two years. They're 8-1. and Under the radar, best football team in the league. They're a solid team up and down, even outside of that. That offense and the Bears, they're 10-point uh, underdogs. And, you know, we don't root. And, you know, we keep it very professional. But I hope the Bears lose significantly. I know. You know Ahmed hates the here. Bears, Dad. He's from Detroit. He hates game. the Bears. Yeah, they, <laughs> it's just like oh they're not God. that much different <laughs> than the Lions. They just somehow get into these playoff situations. They're not a good team. I don't even know. They shouldn't even be in this game. Uh, I hope they get blown well, out. Listen, but yeah. The Lions, let's, let's listen. The Lions, let's see, who are they like? Uh, they're a little bit of the they're, 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 they're another version of the Atlanta Falcons. Let's play really well, yeah. but let's make sure we find a way to lose. Exactly. Yeah, no so they, the problem, they didn't lose enough this year. They didn't quite <laughs> lose enough this year to get okay. a, as good a draft pick as they needed. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. 
Uh, so that's that's the uh, the seven two game in the NFC. One final NFC game here before we take. A, I want to take a look at the odds, the odds makers, okay. what they think of this playoffs, yeah. and then we'll go into the AFC after that. All right, cool. But our final game here, the five seed uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady back in the playoffs. Uh, the four seed is the Washington football team, and I think Chris here. The burning question for everyone in this game is Tom Brady, he's had some issues with pressure. Right? Sure, in the past, sure. Maybe he's moving a little bit better now than he was earlier in the year. You said that with Paul on Monday. But I think the burning question is, can the front four of Washington do enough to totally disrupt Tampa Bay and what they want to do on offense? If they can't do that, they have no chance, but maybe they can do that. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it is all about them. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to, like, sugarcoat it or give you some other, like, oh, I came up with this angle when I was sitting in my office here. No, I mean, really, that's the big aspect of the football game. Brady, when comfortable and protected, and I think Dad would say the same, is they're down the field passing games as good as anybody in the sport right now. It's, it's an unbelievable. And they have found the way to they'll play actions, the things you heard me say all year, keep tight ends in the block, do that stuff. That'll make Tom comfortable, and he can still throw it. I would bet that, no, they, are, they can't ruin this game. It's a big, good front up front by them. And I think Bruce Arians and Leftwich are very aware of we got to protect Brady and keep him clean, even if that means one less guy out on a route downfield. At least that's my thought. What do you What do you think, Dad? Oh well, yeah, that's that's kind of always my thought all year long. When I saw him at times go the two tight end route, you know, block, chip, do whatever. Tom Brady waits, hitches, you know, gets room to do all that and throws. He's throwing the ball. You know, he throws it. He throws it great. I mean, it's great. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even hear anybody anymore, the guys, the Tom Brady haters on TV going, well, I can really see a difference. His arm is not the same. Really? <laughs> I don't think so. His arm maybe is as strong as it's ever been. Definitely. That, that's for real. No doubt. I mean, he's striping it. And, of course, he's going, wow, throwing down in Tampa is a hell of a lot easier than throwing a football up in New England, that's for sure. No but, doubt. Yeah. If he gets time, even though the Washington front four, what it is, I will say this, too. Jack Del Rio has done a really good job. The back seven, I think they're extremely coordinated, know yeah. what they're doing. Right. Um, they started the year out as a blitzing team and, you know, just really kind of going at it. Because I remember the first couple games going, wow, Jack Del Rio, he's not the head coach. He's not worried. Let's go get him. Right. But they've turned into, let's rush four, let's get the seven, find the combinations. They pass guys off well. I've really been impressed with that. So it tells me they're really well coached, smart. The corners are okay. Yeah. Well, they got Ronald Darby and, and Fuller at the corner. They're both solid, you know, NFL corners. Yeah. So that that helps them. But I don't think that front four is going to be the – just my first thought. I don't think the front four of the Washington football team – is going to have the impact on the game that everybody thinks they can have. Right. That would be my that would be my first thought. Yeah, because you know a little bit like what Dad said about the Saints, you know, narrow line. Hey, the Bucks' O line's big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's big. Huge. Those two yeah. tackles are gigantic. They got a good guard in the middle and Ali Marpet. You know, the other guard I'm blanking on his damn name right off the top of my head right now. But yeah, Dad, I mean, to Dad's point, yeah. I just would be shocked. As awesome and as highly regarded as that defensive line is. I, I, I don't see them being enough of a force to where I go, oh, they're going to dominate the game and this could be close because of that. You know, I don't know. But I also feel like you know, something like that has to happen if they want to even win the game or flirt with the win. The defense yeah. is going to have to create a turnover, short field, 
something yeah. of that nature. I mean, Tom Brady has been well, so the, go the ahead. other thing I'm looking for. I'm sorry, Ahmed. I just the other thing I'm looking for. They've already said it. It wouldn't shock me. Washington is going to rotate quarterbacks. Uh, Heineke might end up being playing more than than Alex Smith right. because you're going to have to move in this game. Yeah, and you're going to have to. The rush is going to uh, is going to get there, whatever, and you need to move. And not that Heineke is like the most mobile guy, but he's pretty quick, moves yep. around well, throws the ball better than people think. I really think he's like a be- much better version. Not much. He's a d- better version of John Wolford. Yeah, and. You know, got a better arm, can fire down the field. When he came in a couple weeks ago, shoot, who was that against? I can't remember. Was the Carolina game? Um, yeah, but they, yeah, was it Carolina in Washington? I think it was Carolina in Washington, yes. Well, when he came in, he played really, really well. Right. And made good decisions, threw the ball down the field, just whatever. I, I, and, you know, that was the other night, if you were rooting for Washington, you're just going, how are we going to win this game? Because you could tell two things. Alex Smith was having or couldn't move, and, of course, that was affecting his arm even more. Right. So he wasn't really a threat to throw it down the field to make a big play. No. And, yeah, so. Well, so, Dad, like with that, like right there, everything you just said, and I, I talked about this a little with Florio this morning, like then why? Rotate why? Just start Heineke. Heineke. Hmm. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I, that to me is where well, I... Well, you know, I'm not sure they won't, yeah. Christopher. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure they won't because I think they had to sit there and watch that game against Philadelphia and just go, and, and I watched it. And, and, and listen, this is, I mean this from my heart. Uh, I, I, I said I, this this morning. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. Oh, I didn't hear you. No, go ahead. This morning. Yeah. I, I want Alex Smith to quit. I see. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, it's, I'm watching the game going, oh my gosh. And, you know, every, if he got hit or anything, I just, then yeah. they show the leg and he's got the oh. race or whatever. Yeah. Right. It's like we've all, we've all turned into the mother watching in the stands. That's so. what it is. <laughs> I sit there every play and I literally football. watch him sometimes and just go, oh, Oh, get get rid of the ball! Yeah. Oh, oh, don't let him hit you there. Well, we have, I think, we have a chart of what, what he did last game, and 28 of his 32 attempts were under 10 yards, um, and they just can't, they can't do that and win against this Tampa Bay. There's no way. You know, I, I, no way. I'd like to know how many of them were under five yards. I mean, it, oh, it, I'm it, looking at the chart right now. It, it's the of majority them are, of yeah. them, except for maybe about four or five of them. Yeah. So. You know, and Dad, you you know, you made the point last week on the pod, and you've said it to me on the phone a few times recently. Like, you know, where it bothers me, and Dad just brought it up, when you're not feeling normal, and now you're protecting yourself, you're oh, not yeah. going to make the right decisions. You're going to leave plays on the field because he's worried about self-preservation. Oh wait, wait, oh there might be a guy open downfield. I'm not going to wait. Get it out of my hand. Short. Let's just get move the ball that way. Okay, I didn't get hit or do that. Yeah. And that's what I would also worry about with them going forward. They're going to need plays in the pass game. They are going oh, to yeah. have to. You know, first off, Tampa's going to play like, no way are we going to let you win to run the ball and beat us that way. That, that, that's, uh, you know, uh, something they're going to stop because they're not going to believe in the pass game. Antonio Gibson is nowhere near 100%. If you watch Sunday no. night, his foot's not normal. It's turf, turf toe. He can't yeah. run. It's going to have to be the pass game that makes a few plays if they want any dreams of winning the game. Well, well, we the, said at the CBS studio, and the guys look at me. Who is that? I said, it's Antonio Gibson. He's really fast, and and they go, wow, you know, everybody's like, 
Yeah, but you're right. He wasn't even close to the nah. same guy when we watched him. And things like that do not heal uh, in one week or whatever. So it's it's going to be tough. And um, you, know, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think we all have a great the same feeling that whatever Washington plays tough. I mean, and the other thing is too. I always think this. Yes, they got a really good defensive front. How many times can you really rush the pass? Yeah, that's right. That's always a point to me. I see it with many teams. One that jumps out to me really quickly is the Pittsburgh, the Colts. Colts. We've talked about it with Colts, both of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Just it, it, there comes a time if you throw it enough, you'll get rid of them. It's, I think that's the Buffalo idea. Just keep throwing; they'll get tired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it works. And Tampa Bay was was good at preventing sacks this year. They were only sacked on three and a half of their. A percent of their pass attempts this year. That was second best to Pittsburgh this season. Yeah. So Tom Brady was able to get rid of it. Yeah, the Bucks. they're in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years with a guy who has got 30 playoff wins to his name. There's one way that I think Washington maybe could win this game. I did some digging. Right. And you, it's always the un, you don't, we don't look at special teams enough, right? We talk about offense. We talk about the sure. three phases of football. Right. There was no team worse in football at covering kickoffs this season then Tampa Bay gave up more yards than any other team. So I'm saying you put in Terry McLaurin back on kickoffs. He's never done it in the NFL. He had one in college. I think it was a touchback. Well, listen, high school, I mean, I mean, I mean, playoff football. Playoff I mean, football. You got Terry no more games maybe that, after this one. That could, that could, could be happen. your best chance to get a big play. Don't be shocked if you saw that. Like when I played in Tampa and we got in the playoffs, Joey Galloway returned the punts. He might not have returned them for 10 weeks in a row. He might not have returned them. But in that game, we were yeah. like, yeah, we're going to let Joey do it. I'm saying do it. Might be your only chance, well, Washington. Yeah. That, that's a great thing, and it's a great thought, Ahmed. But the question is, he might get many chances to return kickoff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that he is might. a problem. If you're, right. if you're getting a kickoff, that means the other team did And score. what's that's even right. worse, yeah, too, is McLaurin's not even 100%, yeah. which is another issue. So that's no, that's what's scary. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to go into the uh, the AFC in a little bit here. But first, let's take a pause, let's okay. take, take a step back, and look at the uh, the playoff odds here because we've got them our our friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of NBC Sports, uh, has provided us with many odds, not just on the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but that's what we want to look at right now. The odds to win the NFL championship. Phil, you can't see this, but the top four reads like this, and I want to know if you agree with this order. They have okay. the Chiefs as the most likely NFL champion. Number two is Green Bay. Number three is New Orleans. And then number four is Buffalo. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue with those. Those are pretty standard and what you would think. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the – yeah, I've always thought all year long, I've never really got off of this. I always thought Tampa would be uh, an extreme threat to go to the Super Bowl. Just like, okay, they're there. Not shocked at all. The other one, you know, I'm really interested to see – of course, the Baltimore Ravens. I know who they've played mm. lately. They're running up great points and all that, but they're healthy. They got all their big guys on the defensive front back, you know, Calais Campbell, Wolf, Brandon Williams, that's pretty good. Yannick Ngakwe has actually become a little bit of a factor. You know, you can see when he gets on the field what a difference he is compared to everybody else no doubt. on the football team when it comes to rushing the passer. Right. And, and you know, they, they just got it rolling on the offense. I even said this Sunday. Everybody's drawn up ways to do this and this, 
Baltimore just draws up more run plays. Yeah. That's what they do. And that's who they are. Run that damn thing. And then, you know, Lamar, I don't care what your numbers are because what we got to start putting doing, Lamar drops back to throw. What are his passing numbers for what are his running numbers off a of pass? That's the big thing. There's no doubt. You know, yeah. we don't put that in there. I mean, oh, he had a terrible day. Their passing game is terrible. Yes, their passing game is subpar in the way we look at things, but it's not the factor for them that it is for every. They can run off tackle probably easier and get a uh, an explosive play than it can if they drop back and try to find a pass to do it. Definitely. I agree. You know, so that's what they made mistakes. They made a huge mistake last year against Tennessee. They panicked. It's a terrible word to say. I thought they panicked. Stay with what you do, your run. And, you know, Tennessee's not the same defense they saw last year. No, no. No, it's definitely not. not. It's not near as good. Their De- defense, it's, it's amazingly – not very good. Dad, you heard the, the top four there. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about that with, you know, uh, Kansas City, Green yeah. Bay, Buffalo, and New Orleans. Then it was Tampa at five. Tampa. Was it Ravens? I Ravens think at six, and then Seahawks, Seahawks. at seven. Yep. To me, that's like a – just real quick. Like, if you had to talk about Tampa, Baltimore, and Seattle, just those three, how, how would you power rank them right now? I mean, I, it sounds like, obviously, you'd have – is Baltimore or Tampa? Who do you feel better about going in the playoffs? Well, I think that that I trust Tampa more just because you know because of Tom Brady. Yeah, and I I know what to expect, and they they know how to come from behind, and it's what you know Baltimore very emotional team. You know they're streaky when they get rolling, they go. So I would put Tampa just just ahead of Baltimore. But, yeah, and who was the third team? Seattle. Seattle, they would definitely be my third team. Right. I feel I mean, like they're coming in on, under the radar. Torture watching them play. Yeah. As good as they were in the beginning of the year. All right, what about the opposite end of the spectrum? The three teams at the bottom. Browns, Bears, Washington football team. I'm surprised the Browns are down there. Uh, Browns, well, Bears. Wa- who's the least you know? likely to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> we, no yeah. one ever picks it, that. Washington. Yeah, Washington to me is the worst, but the, the Browns yeah. are not going to win the Super Bowl. Yes. They've already conquered. They've done it. They're in the yeah. playoffs. They, they, they made it. Here. They've achieved it. They'll, they'll make their and own trophy think, okay, for this. Can we let Baker Mayfield for one week just leave him alone and go, oh, can Baker do it? And yeah. you know, oh, my God, here they are. And can Baker Mayfield carry the Browns? No, he can't carry them. You know, who's if, – if, well, they're missing players. The head coach is not going to be there. Uh, he has held his end of the bargain bargain up and let it go. I mean, it's it's amazing. I, I I understand why he's harshly judged because of a lot that went on last year. But you know, they the head coach he had last year had quite a bit to do with the dysfunction and the play of those right. players on the field. Right. But he's done it. I for when I think of the Cleveland Browns, I just go, can they win it? No, I don't think their defense is good enough to win playoff games one after another, and that, that would be my first thought when I think about them. Yep, no Here's the real question. From Machino76, this one goes to Chris. Here's the situation, he says. Someone puts you under duress and says you have to bet all of Big Phil's money, all of his money, wow. on one oh, wild card God. game, and you have to agree to it, Phil. If you are correct, Chris... You take the winnings and you preserve your inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I picking? Who, which game? Yeah, which like this is My unfair. Wife didn't take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is unfair, Chris, because you have you're you're not at that point yet. No, but just your your initial thoughts on who are you most confident in this weekend? I I think it's uh, our Saturday night football game here on NBC. It's the Tampa Bay matchup. Yeah, yeah. I Eight mean, point line right now. So yeah, factor that in. You know, rotating quarterbacks, not a very good offense to begin with. Yeah, against you know a great pass rush and a solid defense, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, I know it's a great front four, but damn, it, it's as good an offense as there is in the game right now with a quarterback who, like, thinks the playoffs are like a day at the beach with let me put my legs up. This is no right. big deal. He's not going to be flustered. So, yeah, the Bucks would be that team. So, Phil, is that the game that you would risk Chris's inheritance on? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. I would risk all of his $100. <laughs> oh, you found out. That's good. $100. You now yeah, you can play it. Now I know. I put it away, and, and listen, it's growing with interest. That's good. true. Good. That's true. If you compound that, you we'll know, every year. We're not talking about the spread. We're just talking about winning the game. Right. Well, are you sure? Yeah. And most confident yeah, in the Bucks okay. winning. Because they're not even the, mo- the biggest favorite. I think the Saints are the biggest favorite. Um but 10, 10 points or are something like that. Are they 10-point like favorites? Yeah, 10-point wow. favorites. Bucks are 8-point favorites, okay. so they're not even the, the biggest favorite there. All right, uh, Phil, can you stick around for another preview, Colts and Bills? Sure. Okay, all right, let's go to the AFC here. We'll go Colts, the seven seed, at number two, the Bills. The Bills are coming in. I feel They're like the hot team, right? They're the team everyone's talking about right Maybe now. Maybe the hottest team in football. Scoring points like no other team. They just torched a defense that we thought was really good or was really good for most of the year, and the Dolphins that had to win. Uh, they're coming in hot. The only question for them is they've never done it in the playoffs. They've never been able and they. Oh, wait. No, wait now. Let's I'm, see. That, that is Hold a question. It. Yeah. Hold it. Yeah, it's good. Now, they did it in primetime. They now did. Can we, oh, okay. So they won the primetime game. They did. Let's see if they can do it in primetime. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, <laughs> until the they do it, though, until they do it, that'll be a question. Because they were up, you know, in their game last year. 16-0. nothing. Blew that to Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Right. Well, that team, you know, I'm going to get into that. Because I'm going to really watch that game. And I've done it. I've already seen it twice over the off season. I think I think Christopher agrees with me. He might have been the one that said a bunch of things to me. And then I did an interview where they said, hey, Josh Allen just imploded and it was crazy. And I thought, man, I don't remember watching the game and seeing it that way. And so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to It's two plays. That. He scrambled up the middle and fumbled. And then he scrambled along the right sideline and threw the ball backwards over his head during a lateral. And everybody yeah. just went, he's out of control and he's blowing the game. But and I want to go – yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just want to say, but they were up 16 to nothing because of one fucking reason, because of Josh Allen. So, yeah. okay, so you can't have both. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he blew the game. No, but they were, in, they were there where they were because of Josh Allen. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, and he's not the same player now. And when he did that lateral, oh, that's right, they still kicked a tying field goal. They him. did. Mm-hmm. That, I know. That gets in the way. Gosh, let's don't talk about that. But they were a year ahead, and, and, and they've – you could get a lie detector test on anybody in the front office of the Buffalo Bills. They will tell you and probably say, we got to the playoffs and had the year we had strictly because of one guy, and that's Josh Allen. So, you know, and it's it, it's now they're a different football team. They've changed their philosophy. They're kind of hitting their stride. The defense is – Got healthy, whatever. They're playing better. And if you told me that they were going to make some of the throws and score like they did against the Miami defense, I know they didn't score all those points. The defense helped them too. And I would said, no way. My, Miami, 
they can cover, they're clever, they got everything you want on the defensive side. Right. Maybe a little young, but hey, same thing. Let's just keep throwing it and we'll break them. Right. And, you know, that's who they are. They're yeah. going to keep pressuring you. And again, the rush slows down. We saw it. I'll tell you a great game that they did it on that really caught my eye. They've done it a couple times. But one, when they did it to Pittsburgh on a night game up there. Right. Pittsburgh was pushing the pocket. And I went, wow. Can they run the ball? And all of a sudden, oh, there's no pressure. And then Josh Allen started picking them apart. Right. And, 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 and just, just like I think, Christopher, you said, San Francisco, what do you think they thought when the game was over? When they saw him in person for the first time mm-hmm. and they saw the passing attack and yeah. how aggressive and how physical it is. So, you know, it's, it's hey, yeah. Buffalo's hot, but now you got to carry it in the playoffs. That's, you know, doesn't always – the thought, oh, we finished hot. We're going to carry it. That's over. what I'm saying. That's what. That's how this whole thing started. You got to do it in the playoffs. It's got to uh, carry uh, through. Uh, uh, well, I, I understand. <laughs> Sooner or later, has got to do it in the playoffs. Yeah. So when you talk about the Baltimore game, I want you to say the same thing again. I probably will. Yeah, right. that's what yeah. we do. That's okay. what we in media training. That's what they tell us. Well, to wait, say. all right. So just to uh, hit on this. But by the way, yeah, go ahead. There are three things that are certainties in life: right. death, taxes, and. Chris getting angry at Josh Allen haters. I love that. It's yeah. the one thing that's guaranteed to get you get you riled up. No doubt. We have guys that go on TV yeah. and literally sit there and say, nobody in the media hates Josh Allen more than us. Yeah. And you just go, why is that? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Why, it, why is that? And it, it's it's only because they're wrong. He's proved yeah. them wrong. That and is they're true. bothered we by it. We do like to be right. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's been fun. Uh, this game will be fun because – it's the first time they've had a, a home playoff game in Buffalo in 25 years. And there will be fans there. I think yeah. 6,700, yeah, right. up to that many fans at this game. My boy um, Blue. They're favored in this game by almost a touchdown. So here's the question, I guess, for the Colts, right? Yeah. Their, their run game has taken off the last few weeks here. Um, we always thought it would with a strong offensive line. And you bring in Jonathan Taylor. Taylor has turned it on last uh, six weeks. He has seven touchdowns, ten overall. So I guess the question for the Colts is, can they pound the rock? Can they keep it close? And if they can't do that, Phil, can Phillip Rivers win a game with his arm and get in a shootout with Josh Allen if that is what becomes necessary for this Colts team? Christopher, you want to talk or you want me to? No, well, what do you want? Go ahead. You can uh, leave. I, I don't, yeah. No, I don't think they can win a shootout against the Buffalo no, Bills. No, I don't either. Uh, that uh, Jonathan Taylor is is truly, uh, it, during the season, has changed. He's gotten better. Now he's a pro running back instead of the, well, let's ram it in there, and then if we can, bump it outside every once in a while at Wisconsin's whatever you want to call that offense. And and so he's really made a great transition. It took Derrick Henry over a year to really become, I think, a pro football running back. He has done it during the year. The offensive line, I've been really most of the year, I've said it many times, disappointed to not running the football better. Right. But now we see with how he's moving. He made some great cuts last week during the game. I mean, it really did. Just, yeah just going around people. Of course, it was against Jacksonville, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. But he still made pro linebackers and safeties completely miss him. But the, my my thing with Indianapolis will be their defense. It's very good as it goes. But just like I said, it the rush dies down. And it just seems like in the second half, the rush dies a little bit, even though they got some depth on the defensive line. Uh, that happens. 
and they they lose their aggressiveness. And if you're going to beat Buffalo, you've got to stay aggressive the whole game. If you want to win playoff games and win a Super Bowl, you've got to make those decisions that you might be second-guessed on. Yeah. I mean going for fourth. Now, I'm talking about your style of play. It seems like just, just by my eye, I'm going to get the numbers uh, before the week's up, but when Indianapolis plays man-to-man and blitzes and stuff like that, they seem to play pretty good. But then when they get into their let's rush four and stay back, they get shredded. That's just my – just when I watch games without keeping numbers and looking at numbers, that's what I feel. Yeah. And uh, so can they do that? And it, it'll be interesting to see if they can. Well, I, Dad, Dad makes the point. Dad has said this about the Colts to me privately a few times. they they got to take some chances on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. They die slow deaths too much. This is the same defensive scheme the 49ers run. You know, the, the Bills and Brian Dayball are very comfortable against this scheme. That front four, if you just think you're going to rush four and play, you know, pretty predictable coverages all day long against Josh Allen and this Bills offense, you have no chance. You have none. Zero, zero, zero chance. I don't care. how They're not that good or that talented to where they can just go, we're like the 49ers of 20 you know, 19, and we can just line up and beat you because of our pass rush and our right. linebackers right. are awesome and all that. They're not that good. So they've got to do something. And to like what Dad's – I think Dad's right. Like, yeah, maybe a, a few defensive calls where people are going to guess, second-guess you on the, the year is over if you get torched for an 80-yard touchdown. But also I think you're going to have to make those type of calls if you want to pull off an upset win to where you're going to have to pick a time here and there to go, okay, I'm going to leave a guy that has no business covering – you know, Stefan Diggs one-on-one right here, but I'm not going to let Josh Allen sit back there and buy time and then we'll cover them, but then he'll buy enough time to where we can't cover him forever and yeah. then they get the first down. You've got to do some of that, and that's to me going to be one of the keys to the game, like Dad said. And even to yeah. flip, flip it around, sorry, let me just hit this that's one, okay. is, you know, another thing that Dad said. I, if I'm the Colts, I said this on Monday, they're best when they run the ball, play action, get the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands quickly and drop back pass. When he's in the pocket patting the ball, it's going to be a disaster for Indianapolis. I can promise you. He's going to throw a dumb interception or get strip sack fumbled or some of that. They need to manage him a little bit. And I also think you got to be scared of playing Buffalo's offense. Mm -hmm. The run game to what Dad's talking about, one of the best things about the Colts is their offensive line. You're crazy if you don't try to take advantage of that and maybe run the clock out a little bit and play ball control just a little bit. I'm not saying just squash the game, but play that to keep it in mind to get, I want to keep my quarterback in a good position, and it's not so bad having that quarterback over there next to the Gatorade bottle. So, Phil, let me throw this one at you, because I think this is a question for the Bills, maybe not in this game, but throughout the playoffs. It comes from Hernan Favela. says, is a lack of the Bills' running game a factor versus Indy? So what do you think? Is that a factor – in this game, and if not this game, could it be a factor for the Bills uh, in this playoffs? Well, if they run the ball a lot and all that, I'd say, wow, well, that's really stupid. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, yeah. You know, the, here, here's the thing. You know, one, I think maybe I overrate the Indianapolis front four sometimes. It's really good. I like it. But let's don't forget, Buffalo, they can pass protect too. Yeah. And then you put a mobile quarterback back there, and a guy that's not afraid to stand in there and take hits and throw – well, he's willing to do that, too. The other thing that really that we talk about all this with Indy's defense and everything that you have to worry about, 
the the Buffalo Bills have as many I don't want to say gotcha plays, yeah. but they just mm. make you play on us because they are looking constantly. Look, we had the big lineman. I forgot uh, who it was. Kendall Lamb, yeah, maybe caught the touchdown pass, and they had Lee Smith, who right. he should be. He looks like a tackle, yeah. But he, but but it's it's everything. They block, then release. They do, you know, big plays. They got it all. Been, yeah, Stephon Diggs has been tremendous. But when you really study their offense and look at it, you go, he's good. But, man, they do a lot of good things for him. Oh, and all he has to do is find the smallest of windows because, you know, that rocket arm throws it in there. Right. And, and a great example, you remember the play against the Patriots? He's coming across the field. They're running a two-man route. Right. And it, the post is not there. J.C. Jackson is trailing. He's going to undercut. Right. And try to get the interception. And Josh Allen lets it go. And J.C. Jackson goes, oh, oh, and oh, he, it was gone. Could, didn't even bother really chasing Diggs because he was going for the undercut interception. Right. And, and the speed of the ball, things like that, get it done. So they're really, cre- uh, you know, I just love the whole style of their offense. You can only do it when you have the quarterback and the receiving core and all this that goes with it. But to sit there and think that they're, Lack of running game is going to be the reason they lose. No, they'll lose because somebody can stop that passing game. That that'll be the team that beats them. Yeah, yeah. And so. I, there's one thing that I my last thing on this yeah. game that I like about both these teams is both these teams kind of zagged when everyone's been zigging. Not right. just in the NFL, but it, sure. it's like they gave up the first round pick. Right? It's yeah. like they traded for Stephon Diggs, did the Buffalo Bills. Yep. And the Colts did, too, with DeForest Buckner, sure. who, who made that defense right. better and, and carried the maybe <clears throat> parts of this year. I like that. And I, I hope we see more of that where, where teams are I hear you. going for it. We see it with Seattle and Jamal Adams, yeah. right? It's like the teams that did that really were rewarded this year. They, like. That's a good point by you, no doubt about it. And, well, listen, when we're talking about this game, you know, the reason we're talking about this game, too, one of the big reasons that nobody is saying is, these two GMs are special. They're two of the best in the game, and they're not afraid to make bold moves like you're saying. Like, yeah. oh, okay, it might not be popular, but, you know, screw you. I'm the one that watches my team every day. I'm going to make the decision I think best fit for it. Yeah. They have built their teams well, really yeah. awesome across the, across the board. Yeah, let me say this before I go. Um, I'm actually got to do an interview for CBS today. Okay. How dare you work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i got to make sure i got to comb my hair and all that stuff. But, um, <laughs> The the thing about when you talk about those trades and you're talking about two guys in the prime of their career and have many years left into that prime. So let's take a known qua- a quantity, which we know they are. Oh, no, we got to save that draft pick. You know, the chances are 50-50. He won't be worth a damn. Right. But let's, you know, draft pick. And, man, you, you know, it, both of those picks – and I know this for a fact. When Indianapolis traded for DeForest Buckner, they said, oh, my God, this is it. We got it. Because they, they were close, and then you need the kingpin to put it over the top. And the same thing has happened for Buffalo's offense with Stephon Diggs. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. You, did you see the interview they had uh, after the – what game would that have been? Maybe it was the Sentinel. No, uh, it, it might have been the pa- – it was the Patriots game, that one maybe. The night game, it was what – you mean oh, Diggs yeah, and well, Josh Allen the on the sideline there? With him and Diggs doing that interview, man, I tell you, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Just listen to the two of them, to know how close the team is, it was real. Right. Man, it really was. I was like, 
man, that was great. I, I almost was. I'm gonna run that back and listen again. Yeah, and I hear you. It, it, so worked. it says something about their yeah. football team, the culture they built, and you're you're right too, Christopher. And Ahmed, just those trades, the GMs, they really understand their whole team, where they're going, and what they've been building. And it's taken a couple years, but they got them in a place where they're, you know, they do have chances to, to do something special. Yeah. yeah. And no, if no, there no. was ever a year to give up a first round pick, I mean, the draft might be more of a crapshoot this you're right. year. Than this year you're right. This year, you're right. No and doubt so about it. A, you know, it's tough, tough to evaluate no all doubt. those guys in, in a normal year. All right, Phil, thanks for right, guys, uh, the listen, time as always. Me on. You're the man, Dad. Okay. I'll give you a preview right, of what I'm going to say about the Ravens. I'm going to say they got to prove it in the playoffs. So that's just a little preview <laughs> of what you're missing. That's right. they got to okay. prove it, yes. <laughs> See you, Dad. All I would say is run that damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sure All right, guys. See you, man. Right. Be good. You too. All right, let's get into it. Be interested. I, uh, and then, no, I want to go there. The last yeah. thing, just to button it up, uh, what was I going to say? And I totally forgot. Oh, no. Damn, I lost my thought there. But the I Bills was making my joke about the Ravens got to do it in the playoffs. Yeah, man. no, it's all right. Either way, you know, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Colts-Bills football game. We hit on it. You think the Colts can keep it close? I do. I, I think they're going to have to play it the right way, and I yeah. certainly think they're going to need to run the football. They have an advantage sure. there against the Bills football team who has a good D-line but not a great D-line. Yeah. And the other thing, too, within that is they need to run it to protect Phillip Rivers a little. And within running it, too, you know, the one thing I see with people playing the Colts a little lately is nobody's scared of them down the field because of his lack of arm strength, a little like we've talked about with Drew Brees in years past. Yeah. You know, and that's where – running the ball could help out that aspect. It's just, oh, here, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, come down here. Just get a little closer. We're running the ball good. We're running the ball good. And now they're down to eight yards, and now you hit the post over the top with T.Y. Hilton. You know, uh, Bills are playing awesome. We know that. But I'm not, like, sold that they can blow Indianapolis out. No. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. <laughs> Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Number five seed, the Ravens at the four seed, uh, Titans. No one expects this to be really a blowout. We do expect it to be high scoring, though. Ravens are favored uh, by three. 
So you got two of the you got the two best running teams in the NFL, which yeah. is cool to see matched yeah. up, and they don't do it the same way. You got the bell cow with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry and going over 200 yards per game, and then you got the more of the team effort with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson for for uh, the Ravens. Let's just start there real quick. Yeah. Which team do you think is going to have the better day on the ground, Ravens or Titans? Oh, I it's it's really a tough one. It really is. Both is probably the Well, answer, I mean, right? it, you know, I expect both to have some sort of success. I think, though, I'm going to go with the Ravens in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I am. You know, uh, for this, you know, first off, the first time around, there was no Calais Campbell and no Brandon Williams playing defensive tackle for the, the Baltimore Ravens. That's a big deal. Yeah. They're, they're really good football players. And they're finally back at 100%. So I think bet- with that aspect – you know, uh, I will. I will go. I will go with the Baltimore Ravens run game. Also, because hey, listen, they need to. They're not going to win the game with their yeah. pass game. Yeah, you might want them to make a few plays just to keep you honest and do things like that. But they're not going to win that game that way. You know, where I think if you're Baltimore, you got cover corners. You're going to have to trust them to be A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, man-to-man sometimes, and you're going to have to load the box to try to stop Derrick Henry, and I think they can slow him down to a degree. Yeah. So I joke that you, they got to do it in the playoffs. We know what happened last year against the Tennessee Titans, of course, but you made a great point on Monday. It's like they've been playing in the playoffs yes. up to this point. Right. They have five straight wins. They needed to win all of them to get to this point here here today or uh, this weekend. So um, no team has scored more points than the Ravens since week 13. So they're rolling. They got, they're rolling. They got things rolling. They're rolling. So what is different? So they played last year, obviously, in the playoffs. Yeah. They played week 11, Tennessee won in overtime. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious, thinking back to that playoff game last year, I mean, the Ravens were, what, 14-2? and two, yeah. And they were the, the kings of the, of the NFL, really, it seemed like. Offensively, defensively for both teams, are, like, are the Ravens – any better than they were last year? Are they worse? It seems like the Titans are significantly worse on defense than yeah, they were last they year. They are, yes. Um, but they might be better on offense, though. They the are Titans. better on offense. And you exactly can make the, right. And you can make the argument that the Ravens from that game, they're worse on offense and defense. You could make that argument. Maybe you could. You could make that argument. Yes, definitely. Um, I think the defense is close to back to, oh, to that right there before. where it was, though. Okay. But it's close. I think your point's real. Okay. You know, the point, the really, the other thing that just jumps out to me about this game, and, uh, you know, you've heard me say this before, where it's a matchup league. It's a yeah. matchup league. And as much as I was saying, like, man, Buffalo doesn't want to see Baltimore in the wild card round, and you know, some of these other teams, I'm going, man, Kansas City, they don't want to see Baltimore in the divisional round and those kind of things. This is kind of the one team I go, I don't know if Baltimore wants to see them. Really? They match up with them. You know, again, what's the biggest weakness of the Titans football team? They're secondary. Yeah. What's the biggest weakness of the Ravens? They're passing game, probably. Yeah. So they can't even take advantage of that aspect. Now you have Rabel, who can now play the – well, I don't have to worry about that that much, and I can start to be Johnny Creative. Bill Belichick taught me to do this to stop just this one phase of it, and that's where they've had the advantage a little bit. So that's where it's going to be different. Now, the first time around, the Ravens were just getting into the offensive line issues. Ronnie Stanley had just got hurt. The center position isn't was what it is right now. They were kind of moving guys around and trying to figure out how they wanted to play. That's not the case the last four or five weeks. So their offensive line is what they're playing and functioning and executing at a much higher level than they were at that time of the year. Yeah. The Ravens were going through a little bit of a low right there 
uh, because of some of those injuries. So that was that's a big thing. Hey, we know, yes, you know, the Ravens, though, is going to – they have to make a few plays throwing the football. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw the ball well the first time around. He missed some throws in the football game. Had a bad interception where the guy was open and he threw a duck and lost control of the ball. It got intercepted. So I mean, that's always been your question with their offense. It, right? it's, is, it is a big question. In no the doubt. playoffs, you're going to face a team at a point in a game where you're going to need to make one or multiple plays through the air. Yes. And do they have the ability to do that if, I, that, if, that, if that comes up? No, I don't think they do. Yeah. I think it's a little bit got to be like what Dad said. It's just got to be run and run it more and run it more. And hope that's enough. And hope that's enough. And yeah. drop back to pass and, yeah, have intentions of being aggressive in that. You know, that's where I want to see, you know, Baltimore every now and then. I'd like to see them. One of the things I wrote about the game that can change, because I really came away with the game going, I think both defenses won the battle, right? Mm. I thought the Ravens' defense really outplayed the Titans' offense. And then some of the big plays that were just, they made some stupid mistakes or tried to strip a guy and let him break a bunch of tackles to run in an end zone. It was things like that where I went, yeah, no, I'm giving Titans credit but the Ravens kind of mess that up and, and, do, and do that. Right. You know, and I thought the Titans' defense as a whole won the battle against the Ravens' offense, too. And even some of the plays the Ravens made, I went, okay, I, that was a good play by the Ravens, but I don't know if you can consistently expect to make that play, right? That, kind of that kind of thing. Right. All right, so, you know, but, but the, the one thing I, do, I, I wrote about, you know, the end of the game, that kind of shot out to me a little bit. The overtime. The overtime, the last drive of the fourth quarter and yeah. all of that. Because, you know, one, Rabel is going to take some chances to sell out and stop the run. He comes from Bill Belichick. He's going to get you in some down and distances every now and then where right. he's going to go, I'm going to go for it here and try to make it second and 14. Yep. So now they have to throw, and then they're not in the position of power that way, right? So they're going to do some of that. they got to give them some stuff to think about a little too. And here's where I – would like to see Baltimore do a little different. You know, don't always play in a phone booth. It doesn't always have to be that way. To me, they play in the hands of the Titans in a lot of ways those ways. The Titans have decent size and a decent middle linebacker. And, you know, I think they're okay with that style of football. Hey, their head coach is a phone booth guy. I think they're completely fine with that. You know, and last year they, they, they tried to do that to them in the playoffs and the Titans were very good with their run fits and creating a little chaos, and they never let the Ravens' run game get on the edge. That was yeah. the thing they did last year. It looked like, oh, Lamar's going to get on the edge, and there was a guy there, and they forced him inside, and we saw gains for 40 all year that became games of five against the Titans because they defended it the right way. But here's the thing I just I'll take away from one little interesting angle at the end yep. of the football game. They got in the spread formation a little bit, and – I just want to go, hey, we can still run some of those run plays we have with two tight ends and all that and still be in a shotgun, receivers are spread out a little bit, right. and make the Titans have to worry about, oh, wait, you know, Hollywood Browns in the slot uncovered, and yet, okay, we have the run game. Give your guys some lanes. Give Lamar some space, too. You know, yeah, it's spread out, everything like that. You fake the ball up the middle. Now he can get on the edge, 
and there's not like a linebacker, a defense end, and another linebacker there that he's got to make miss. No, there's some space for me to actually make a move because the nickel corner is way out there worried about our receiver. To me, that was some of the things I would like to see them just change a little bit about the way they approach altogether. What about on the other side of the ball? Yeah. Because we got this question from Don Jupp76, which is probably his birth year. Means he's about 44 now, so about our age. Happy 44th. Uh, happy 44th, if it's your birthday today. Uh, does Baltimore have the defensive backs to play a lot of man coverage so the rest of the defense can take care of Derrick Henry? you got Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith are good, but they don't seem to be that dominant this season. So that's a good question. Yeah. So, so trying to slow down Derrick Henry, which is you figure that's how you win this game, is you, you prevent him from having that huge 200-yarder. They, they, they've got can to put they? them on an island and do, do some of that. And can, would they be successful? They can do it. Yeah. They can do it. I mean, you got A.J. Brown. I you know. got Corey Davis. It won't be easy, but they're not, they're not outclassed by any stretch of the imagination. Even in the first game, they did a number of that. They, they, they were okay. They weren't in, like, you know, too horrible of a spot here and there. You know, uh, Marcus Peters got burned one time. It was a zone coverage. It wasn't even an island-type play where it was a run fake kind of right at him, and he was staring in the backfield. He's worried about, oh, damn, I need to get up there and stop Derrick Henry. And he took one long, long step, and A.J. Brown got behind him on a, like, a little post-corner route. You know, so you're going to have to be disciplined on that. But, yeah, I do think that they can do that. And, you know, added to that, Baltimore is going to have to take some chances too. They're going to have to play a little bit of the – Hey, we got to maybe run blitz on first and second down and try to get them behind the chains too. Yeah. Uh, make them get into a little bit of a shotgun throwing the ball type game because that's not what you know Tennessee wants to do either. So I think there is going to be that aspect of the football game altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, but I do think the big thing with those guys being healthy up front, Patrick Queen, who had a few bad run fits as a rookie linebacker in that that first matchup earlier this year. Hey, it's good that he got to see that one time around. He'll have a better feel this time around. And here's another thing they did too much in the game. Early, you know, early in the game, they got to Tannehill with five and six-man pressures. As the game went on, they never even got fucking close. Mm. Never got close. I want to go to Tennessee figured it out. They blocked it up. There was no point to keep sending the five or six-man. The... No, get, get out of that. Don't, don't, don't always do that. There's no point in sending five or six if you're not even getting close. After you see two or three times where you go, we're not getting close with these pressures, then get them in coverage. Help with a crosser or something like that where they got beat a few times in the game altogether. Um, So that would be one adjustment I would look at. But I think this is a very evenly matched football game. And one that I definitely don't know who I'm going to pick as I sit here Wednesday. Ravens favored by three in this game that pits two uh, COVID outbreak teams throughout the season, unfortunately. And speaking of that, we have a current situation going on with our final game, the six-seed Cleveland Browns versus the three-seed Steelers on NBC, Telemundo, and Peacock as well. Steelers favored by six as of right now. Who knows? That could change because... Uh, unfortunately, the virus is uh, wreaking havoc on Cleveland right now. Kevin Stefanski, quite possibly the coach of the year, is going to be uh, out for this game. And you can't call the game from home, which is funny. I was covering the uh, Premier League. They can. There was a manager who had to be home because his wife tested positive for COVID-19. He could manage from Zoom. From I, I brought this up on the show today on, on, with Florio because I just said, like, man, if I was Cleveland, and I, this is illegal in the NFL – but, like, they can't get one of those devices like that? Or, like, yeah. I just watched Kirk Herbstreit call the college semifinals from his living room. Right. And it sounded like he was right there next yeah. to, you know, um, Chris Fowler. 
What do you, why do so, you think they made it illegal? They feel like you have an advantage from home. I, I, you can bring more information. I don't understand. I, I don't know either. Or may, are they were? I, I honestly think it probably stems from they don't want information that might have been told to the broadcast partners. Yeah. That now, oh, somebody in your organization is listening to that, and right. hey, they told us one of the keys. They're worried about their right corner against the receiver. Oh, they are. Uh, oh, okay. Let me. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. I'm spitballing. I don't know. Yeah. But why? Why couldn't he just be at home on one of those devices? And he doesn't have to call the plays, but like at least be a part of the coach yeah. communication and be like, hey, guys, I, you know, we're going to punt it here. I'm th- fourth and one. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't get that either. As work has become more remote, maybe the NFL will need to adjust. That right. Right, right now, they're, they're going to have to adjust. Uh, in their first playoff game since 2002, they haven't won a playoff game since 1994. This one's interesting because you, you almost don't know what to expect now from Cleveland, right? It's just like what, what exactly – I mean, you know what they are, yeah. right? They're a team yeah. that likes to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you think hopefully they're going to be able to do that, although the Steelers are pretty good defensively at stopping that. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, you don't want him to have to win the game. No. Play, but he can make some big plays. So right. it's like the Browns are such a wild card. But I feel like the Steelers are too, Chris, because it's like they – they have not played well the last month of the season outside of, what, one quarter against the Colts, yeah, right? Yeah, man, pretty much. It's one half of football in the month of December that make you feel good. Other than that, you yeah. go, it was kind of crappy. So what are we expecting? I mean, like, I don't really know what to expect. Well, I think you game. expect ugly. Uh, ugly really? is what yeah. you're, you're painting a portrait of ugliness. Kind of, yeah. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got oh, no, no alibi. Wait, it's our game on NBC. Actually, it's going to be a very pretty game, I, and it will hey, be, it's must-see TV. I, I don't know. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I like ugly football. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah. I don't want to see it every be game. Close. Be yeah. forty-eight, forty-five. That's yeah. not always cool to me. Um, you know, yeah. First off, you, you, let's go to what you said on the Browns' offense. I think first off, you're right. They're not going to win the game if they're asking Baker Mayfield to win it right. and drop back forty times and win the football game. And that's not. I'm not trying to say anything negative about Baker Mayfield. What I'm saying is the Browns aren't built to play that way, and the Steelers they want that. That's, I mean, they're built for that. Oh, we can let our press rush and all our crazy coverages and create chaos, and you don't know what coverage and what blitz and where this guy's coming from, and T.J. Watt can just go after the quarterback play after play after play. Yeah, they want that. You know, the, that, that plays into their favor. So, you know, run the football, play through that aspect of your team. That's going to be a big part of it. And it's not always going to look pretty, but I still think it's going to be the best way to manage the game and win the football game. Still running the football. I don't want to see, like, oh, we can't run the ball. Now we're going to get in shotgun, you know, five plays in a row. Yeah. Well, I'd like to they see. They think we're going to run the ball, so we're going to, we're going to zig and zag. Well, yeah, but zig or zag, but within the confines of what you do. And that's where I want to see the play action and, again, the boots to what they do. Yeah. I do. That's going to be important in the football game. You know, I understand you'll get in the spread and shotgun every now and then to throw a curveball. I'm not saying that you'd want to erase that totally. But what I think that becomes too big of a part of your football game, which I thought it did a few times last week, and I went, wait, these are the backups, and you're trying to play the shotgun spread game, and even their backups are on this stuff. So don't. That's not going to be for you. Now, when they got into play action and did things like that, people came open because Pittsburgh is not going to let you run the ball. They're an old-school defensive team. When they see you in a running set, I can just promise you Mike Tomlin's going to go, fuck them, I'm not letting them run the ball. And – they're going to give you some chances to make pass plays off it. So Browns first and second play act, first and second down play actions is where I really look at somewhere where they can strike 
because I do think in this last week in this game again, I know not all the starters are there, but the Steelers were so scared of the Browns running game. You know, they're playing the bare front and doing things like that. Five guys against five guys across the board because they know it's a real force. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think for the overall betterment of the game, yeah, I, you want to keep it in that. And I know it's not always going to look pretty. It's not. It's not going to be about that. But I have evidence this year already about when Cleveland, when you try to get in the shotgun throw at every other play game, you got blown out by Pittsburgh earlier the year playing that way. Yeah. Interception pick six, another interception, a strip sack. Everything happened. And that's, that's Pittsburgh football. So when you play them, you got to take that into account and go, wait, I'm not going to let their defense win the game. And it's going to look ugly today, but we're just yeah. going to try to win the game. They are a big play defense, right? Pittsburgh had the best interception and sack rate of all the playoff teams. T.J. Watt yes. led with 15 sacks. They can make the big play. Exactly. Interception or so. That's why you want to. That's what they're trying to do. You're right. you got to play that in your mind with right. Pittsburgh. It's very rare to think like that as a quarterback in an offense. But you almost got to think a little bit of a, like, whoa, a passive approach against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, one of the goals of playing them is not to let their defense actually score points and win games. Okay, because yeah. the Pittsburgh offense has actually had some issue with that. And here. that goes into it, too. 20 first downs per game for Pittsburgh, the fewest of any playoff team. So they're not able to move. You call them a sticks team. They throw to the sticks a lot. They don't move the sticks uh, as much as any other team yeah. out there. So what, what do you think? I mean, Big Ben, we full season for him. He's... You didn't put him in the top 10 quarterbacks yep. midseason there, and rightfully so. They've got some wide receiver talent, but we've seen Deontay Johnson have some issues with drops. Chase Claypool's a rookie. He'd never played in a playoff game right. before. There's some talent there, but I think they're still a question mark. I agree. And that, that's even why more you say, Cleveland, don't be afraid to just play ugly and conservative. And, Man, I feel like you're don't do that. leaning Cleveland. In I, this I don't know. You I won't f- know till tomorrow. I don't know where I'm leaning yeah. yet with this. this is gonna, I have a few games here that we've talked about where I'm going to have to go home tonight and write down pros and cons and think about it a little because I've sat here and studied them and go, yep. whoa, this is so freaking close. I really don't know who I'm going to pick. And I usually have a good idea already. Um, but I'm interested to see what Pittsburgh will be. Will they be any different? Will it be just a little bit of a different approach? Yeah. One thing I would say to watch out for this week is the Josh Dobbs Wildcat run game that they brought out last week. You're yeah. going to see that this week. I can book it. Book it. You hear me? Book it. All right? Book it. Uh, <laughs> like that? But, yeah, I think you will. Because yeah. it just gives another element to their offense. Interesting. Something you're scared of. Dobbs is a pretty good runner. They might be able to create some trick explosive play off Why of it. Why did they show it last week then? They well, shouldn't have shown still, it. Still, they got to prepare, and yeah. then they don't know what else they could do off of it. Last week, there was no Big Ben or no other quarterback. On the field. Maybe they keep Big Ben on the field this week. You know, who okay. knows? It's a quarterback throwback, whatever. There's lots of ways they can do it. You know, and I'm just interested to see do we see a few more formations and. You know, a few more concepts in the pass game from Pittsburgh on that side of the ball. Listen, we know they're going to throw it. That's what they're going to do. You've heard me say, and I've been saying, hey, they got to find ways to protect Big Ben so he can feel comfortable and throw the ball down the field, not this dink and dunk crap. Because if they do that, you know, I I, I think it could be scary. You know, Denzel Ward's going to be back this week. He didn't play last week. Kevin Johnson's back this week, all of that. It's still a pretty good pass rush with Olivier Vernon and all that. You know, ultimately, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to move the ball. I don't think this is a great Browns defense. But because it's so predictable, 
And because they have a, a game-changing type pass rush, yeah, I give them a fighting chance there to slow down this Pittsburgh offense and do things like that, definitely. If they have a team. If, if, they, can, if they have a if full have a 11 team. they can put on offense and defense. Uh, that one, the big NBC game, Chris says, it's going to be a beautiful game, pretty must-watch. Well, it's going to be an AFC North, what we expected, it, old it's gonna school. Be clo- it's going to be close. I, it's gonna I'm be expecting that. To see. Yes, um, definitely. All right, so, and after that game, we want to remind you, that we got the Michael Holly, Michael oh, Smith show. Awesome. Playoff special edition of Brother from Another immediately following the game over on Peacock. I highly recommend that to anybody out there. I, listen, I go on that show every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. I have a blast. They have great conversations and you know, they're very smart and they have a very funny relationship. Yeah. I mean, they really do. friends their whole life. They're uh, friends, gosh. brothers. Yeah. You know, they like to make fun of each other and do all that. And uh, I'm sure they'll have some interesting angles after that football game. So, so check that, that out. That is coming up after the game on, uh, on Sunday there at 8.15. Our final thing to do is we've got to put some teams into the ground. Here put them into the ground there. For the executioners here. here. No, they're dead already. Don't, oh. don't put that on Sorry, me. Sorry, the I'm grave just, diggers here. Exactly. I will dig the grave <laughs> and I will place them in it. So we've got five that I have done here, and Pete did one himself on the whoa, Giants. Whoa, so. whoa. I can't no. wait to damn okay that. <laughs> All right, the first one is the New England Patriots. Didn't mm. think we'd have to bury them wow. this, this early. Uh, a team that outsmarted everyone by getting a bargain on a quarterback whose only flaw was that he couldn't throw. So they were super <laughs> smart until that point. Uh, it started with an empty house, decimated by the 2020 opt-outs. The team without Brady turned out to be shady. All worth it to finally see Bill Pout. We finally got to see that. <laughs> well, he did. Although he does pout. Although I thought he was pouting when they were winning Super Bowls. He does. So. He, you know what? Now that I think of it, he always does pout. Here lie the Detroit Lions, a team that had no business winning five games, so weirdly underachieving and overachieving all at the same time. I think the strangest season ever. Only the Lions can do that. Uh, Okay. It has sadly become the standard, yet another season that meandered. But we think they whiffed when they took DeAndre Swift. Turns out... He's the next Barry Sanders, right? <laughs> I had to do something positive there. Uh, I just good, couldn't, good. I couldn't bring myself to crush my Lions one more time. Um, <laughs> I do think he's going to be good, though. I do, too. Sanders. Yes, I, I will say that I was wrong about him, certainly. Good, all right. Here lie the Minnesota Vikings, a team that turned Mike Zimmer's face red with anger as opposed to the hundreds of other reasons why Mike's face can turn red. There are a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. it can happen, but this one was anger. Uh, this team is not where it's at. Close to being a doormat. Might be time for an overhaul and once and for all telling Cousins, no, I don't like that. They might have to say that to him, right? Good ending there. We don't like that. You like that? You like that? This is a time we don't. All right, we got the two, uh, I almost called it the two Bear Area teams here, but we end with the Las Vegas Raiders. Here's the, uh uh-oh, here Uh lie the San Uh Francisco 49ers. A team that mercifully... Gave Kyle a year off from any kind of Super Bowl drama. So, in, like, honestly did him a favor. You, you can't Very take that nice back to back Very games. nice. Uh, we found out Kyle's hat was a fad. This team just made Chris sad. How are we to come together as a country if we can't even agree whether Jimmy's good or bad? We can't, right? <laughs> we cannot. It's like one of those things, uh, blue yeah. and red. We just, like, separate. It's going to be fascinating to see what goes on there this we'll year. never come together. Here lie the Las Vegas Raiders, 
A team constructed as if you were playing uh, Madden and just accepted a job as an offensive coordinator. Right? That's kind of like how this team, you're like, I don't care what happens on that side of the ball. It you're right. Me. You're right. Uh, team construction we need to reassess. With a defense causing too much distress. The first year in Sin City, it was not pretty. But hey, it's a 10-year, $100 million process. Just got to be patient, right? Let it, let it play out. Goodbye, Raiders. The full 10 years. That's right. Uh, okay, and the final one here comes from Pete. Uh, I wrote this first part. I go, here lie the New York Giants, a team that was trying to figure out how few games they needed to win and still qualify for the postseason. They miscalculated by one. They, they, they had to blame <laughs> was the Was that you or Pete that. there? That was me. Okay, right that was still you. They miscalculated okay. by one. Here's Pete. Right. Daniel Jones was run. Oh, no, hold on. Okay, here we go. Bad Daniel- start for Pete. <laughs> Daniel Jones was running, but had a fall. Yes. Evan Ingram just dropped another ball. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess six and ten is good enough for Gettleman. <laughs> At least Judge makes me run through a wall. Oh, he does. He does. Very, right. very well done. All Way his assistant go, coaches and us too. Way to go, Pete. Well that done, was a good Pete. one. I Way almost messed it up for Pete there. Good job. Uh, so we lay those teams to rest. Goodbye, teams. You know, it's like we, I give them credit for going the season and yeah. playing it out. Right. Because some of those teams had no chance. No. Detroit Lions being one of them. All right, but now here we get. And I like how you're least harsh on the Lions. I, I was like, I was like I'm already sad <laughs> about homer. them. What a homer. What a homer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have been harsh on the Lions. No, you have. I, I, I had to be nice to them, and I had to say how much I hope the Bears lose this yep. weekend. But this is fun. You look forward more to this these this weekend, Next or, weekend or Christmas. Oh, no, this weekend. I, I football more than Christmas. I love Christmas and the holidays mm-hmm. to be around my family and all of that. But, yeah, I don't know. That's only one day. This is this got this a lot is, of days off. A lot me. of days. <laughs> Full days. It's <laughs> great. Days. I can't wait. Well, I'm pumped. A couple of good games on NBC. No doubt. Good games all around. We'll be there. Pre-games, Saturday night, Sunday night, halftime. I'll be there. So it'll be cool. Uh, hope everybody tunes in. Be excited for the weekend. It is going to be awesome. Um, let's see. Tomorrow I got the PFT PM Chris Sims unbuttoned picks. So you got to make your picks. You you hemmed and hawed. A I know. Lot well, I didn't want to give any away here either. I well, don't want to give like away. You don't know though. I feel like you're still torn. I got a lean, and I am. There's there's three where I'm legitimately legitimately torn. But yeah. I was glad that you were here today. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know. I still have scared you out of your maroon color, but you Correct. were a little red underneath red there. Um, a little yeah. red underneath there. We see it. Don't you worry. We okay. found it. No big deal. And you're still drinking gross energy drinks. Drink so. More than ever. I've, you know, being away from you. Oh, not. yeah. Just, you just fall back into the pit, huh? Exactly. Gosh. Jeez. Okay. Everybody be safe. Be cool out there. Yep. That's gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> Peace out. Check out the Chris Sims PFT PM. Picks podcast Thursday. Enjoy the playoffs. Keep getting at me with questions, anything like that. Peace out. We're out of here. See you. Clap, Clap it, up. it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.